Oklahoma's coordinators took to the podium. We'll hear what they had to say and we'll react to it. We'll also get into a little more Dylan Gabriel talk. We'll talk about a few more players that stood out from Saturday's game on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation, and welcome to Locked On Sooners. Thank you for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. We're free and available on all podcast platforms. You can also check us out on YouTube. Go over there, hit the subscribe button, and hit the notification bell to let you know when new episodes drop. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. You can also read my work covering the Sooners over at thesoonerswire.com. He's Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at JoshOnRef and hear him Monday through Friday from 9 to noon on 94.7 The Ref in Norman. Josh, how you doing? Did you enjoy Monday Night Football? Oh, love some Monday night football. Great to have Monday night football back. Great to have our first weekend where we had full college football slate, full NFL slate. So I am a very, very happy person. Much happier probably. Well, I don't know. Maybe Scott Frost is a pretty happy guy with his bag of $15 million cash to, you know, hop on the highway. But uh, looking forward to this game versus Nebraska, man. Do you have any early Tuesday feel about this game, like strong leaning one way or the other. I feel like Oklahoma should win this thing convincingly. But then again, we felt that last year going into the thing. And obviously Oklahoma easily could have lost that game in Norman. So where are you sort of at with this game? Does the coaching change change anything for you on it? You know, that's an interesting question because there are times where a coaching change can galvanize a team at the same time. Like I don't think this team was necessarily not giving its best effort. It's just not very good. I mean, did he make some bad coaching decisions along the way? Sure. But I mean, these are guys that he's recruited for years. Like who's, who's not, who's going to play more for you than the guys that you recruited, the guys you put on scholarship, the guys that you've given opportunities for, and it just didn't work out. Now that's not to say that, you know, the interim head coach can't maybe get an extra edge out of them, get a little more juice out of the squeeze, but I just don't know, man. I just don't think they're a very good football team. They weren't a good football team last year, despite all the close losses. Like good, good teams win close games. They didn't win any of those close games. What were they three and eight last year? I mean, you are what your record says you are, according to the great Hall of Famer Bill Parcells. And so, I mean, this is a, a team that's 0 2. They just lost to Georgia Southern. They're going to be host Oklahoma. The fans are going to be geeked out. Everybody's going to be geared up for this one, excited to try and maybe knock off a top 10 team. At home, I just don't think that they're going to have the talent to hang with Oklahoma for four quarters. Now, it might be a close game through the first, you know, first quarter, you know, first half, but my early impressions of it are just, I'm not scared of Nebraska. Can't be scared of the Huskers going into this thing. Obviously, Oklahoma should go up and win this thing convincingly. You know, the history involved, you know, the importance of this game for Nebraska for just really the culture of their program going forward i think one reason you have to be confident in oklahoma john is dylan gabriel right dylan gabriel what he's done so far in 2022 love what we see from dylan gabriel and that should travel to lincoln nebraska and one thing that really stood out speaking of oklahoma's coordinators and how do they feel about this game going into it jeff levy was was asked john hey how does the way offensively this thing is shaping up for Oklahoma so far, 
how does that compare to your previous stops so far? And Jeff Levy had an interesting response, I thought. Honestly, I, I truly believe we're in, a, we're in a better spot than I was in or we were in as a unit at the prior stops. And again, it's, it's because of who's catching the snap. We've got a guy that's got great understanding. We've taken great care of the football. Um, when we've gotten the first first down and been able to sustain in drives, we've played really, really fast. Um, so, I, again, I, I feel like we're at a really good spot. We did not those first four drives. That's that's not who we are, not who we're going to be. Um, but I do like the fact that we had some challenge, and that's going to create some some change and some understanding of uh, man who we are as a unit and, and being able to hold guys accountable, but also being able to man just go through something that wasn't perfect. You know, and, and creating some uh, some togetherness. So that's uh, that's where we're at, and I like it. Can't necessarily argue with the results. I mean, they didn't have the sustained drives that you would have liked to see in the first quarter, first quarter and a half, almost all the way to the end of the second quarter. But they did do some good things, at least when they were throwing the football. I know Jeff Levy talked about how he wished he would have thrown the ball more early on, but he was trying to establish the running game. It didn't really work out. didn't pan out for him. But Dylan Gabriel was pretty good in this game. He was, yeah. Once it was all said and done, he had a really nice statistical game. And, and I like that Jeff Levy can basically come right out after the game in the what was the Monday press conference and say, you know what, looking back on it, probably should have thrown more to set up the run. That's – not kind of traditional football. And in some ways, I think that goes against maybe what Jeff Levy wants Oklahoma ultimately to be. I think he wants to be run to set up the pass. But the bottom line is sometimes you just simply have to adjust, right? And if you're playing somebody like Kent State that has had teams throw all over them and you've got somebody like Dylan Gabriel and, oh, by the way, somebody like Marvin Mims, it's okay. It's okay to not be conventional. And we'll see. For Oklahoma, what does that mean versus Nebraska? I mean, obviously, just given what's happened to the Huskers so far, John, defensively, I don't think this is a very good football team. Even though we came out of last week, the first half disappointed with some things that happened offensively for Oklahoma, and rightfully so, right? Four punts to start the football game is, I mean, that's going to leave some Sooner fans alarmed. I get that. It should leave some Sooner fans alarmed. But take what happened in that game, learn from it, and ultimately go into Lincoln, Nebraska, really confident about what happened to end the first half in those drives in the third quarter for Oklahoma. Because guess what? This has been a Swiss cheese defense for Nebraska. Helinski, not one of the best quarterbacks in the Big Ten, sliced and diced Nebraska. Georgia Southern, sliced and diced Nebraska. Uh, Dakota, right? Put up some points on Nebraska. So this is a team that Oklahoma, John, I think offensively is going to have a ton of success, should have a ton of success against regardless of how motivated whatever Nebraska is going into this thing. So you say they're they're slicing the corn off the cob and not just picking it up and eating it. Uh, sorry, hey. terrible terrible food analogy. I think you're right. I, I I just don't have much kind of faith in I mean they've they've got some good players. They're solid players on that team. Obviously they're scholarship players playing the Big 10. But as a unit in its totality there's just been something amiss with Nebraska for the last couple of years. It's not a all of a sudden sort of a thing. I mean, Scott Frost entered the season as a coach on the hot seat. Uh, will they give a great effort? Absolutely they will. But will it be enough for them to actually contend with Oklahoma? I don't know if that's going to be the case. Uh, you know, they've played a lot of close games. 
Jeff Libby was asked about what it's like when, you know, what, what you're telling your team about Nebraska and how competitive they've been um, over the last couple of years. For us, it's us understanding that we're going to Lincoln and we're going to get their best. Regardless of what has gone on, what will go on Saturday at 11 a.m. is those guys playing their best football. And that's our expectation. You know, that's going to be the reality of it, regardless of, of what has happened. I truly believe, man, what's going to happen is those guys are going to play their butt off on Saturday, and we will too. But that's that's what we're expecting. Yeah, I think that's what most people are expecting is a, a good effort from Nebraska. But when you look at what Oklahoma has done, like the first quarter against UTEP, the you know 18 minutes of game time between the end of the second quarter and the beginning of the fourth quarter where Oklahoma put up 33 points, you're looking at a team that can score and score fast. And what does Nebraska not do very well? They don't stop anybody very well. And I don't think you can change that in a week. I agree with you. It would be hard to shift all of that in a week. Oklahoma should be confident about it. Just looking at the numbers, John, this is the 98th scoring defense in America right now. And remember, they've got one game extra sample size than everybody else because they played that week zero game. So oh, that's this right. is that Oklahoma should have a ton of success against. Yeah, there's plenty of game film for them to have kind of perused to see what what – what Nebraska doesn't do very well and what they do do well. I mean, they've got a good pass rusher, no Sean Mathis. They've got several defensive players that are pretty nice, but there's a reason they're giving up so many points and they're doing it to teams like Georgia Southern. It's because they just as a whole aren't very good defensively. I mean, they didn't change their defensive coordinator. That guy's still there. They didn't change the defensive roster. Those guys are still there. I mean, the offense, they've been able to put up some points at times, but again, it, it kind of falls short. And it, it's a quarterback in Casey Thompson, Oklahoma native, a guy who's a solid player, but is he going to be good enough to be able to keep up with Oklahoma's offense? We're going to hear from Ted Roof here in a minute. Uh, but first, I want to talk to you about Get Upside. Are you cringing at the pump? Are you getting eye-popping checks at your favorite restaurant? Inflation is hitting all of us where it hurts, and it really hurts. That's why we started using Get Upside. Upside is an incredible app. For anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out with every purchase, you can earn cash back thanks to Upside. Get started. to You download the free Upside app, use our promo code LOCKED, and get $5 more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit or debit card, and get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week. That's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on the app store. So download the free upside app and use promo code locked to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using our promo code locked. And again, thank you so much for making locked on seniors your first listen, go check out one of your other favorite teams on the locked on podcast network, whether it's an NFL team right now with the first week of the NFL season, all wrapped up and go check out one of the great locked on podcasts that covers your favorite NFL team, NBA season, NHL season is right around the corner. You can also do that on the locked on podcast network. Let's hear from Ted roof. Let's hear what he had to say as the Oklahoma Sooners are getting ready for Nebraska. But first let's talk about Reggie Grimes because that's got, been the guy that's really kind of stood out along the defensive line amongst others like Jeffrey Johnson, Jalen Renman, who I think we should spend some time talking about in the third segment. Let's hear what Ted Roof had to say about Reggie Grimes before we hear what he had to say about Nebraska. 
He's uh, more disruptive. He's more aggressive. Uh, he's playing faster, uh, and he's been really consistent. And uh, so those are the areas that I've seen a lot of growth in. And I think he's playing with some confidence. And, you know, confidence is such a powerful thing, but his confidence is coming because of his preparation that he's taken to the game field and performance, which leads to confidence. And uh, he's done a good job. We're real proud of him and expect him to continue to work to get better. Do you think it's unreasonable to think Reggie Grimes could have 10 sacks this season? He's at four already. He's got at least – seven or eight more games to go. What do you think, well, Josh? At this, point, at this point, I think he's going to be disappointing if he doesn't have double-digit sacks, right? I mean, he's got 10 games to go in the regular season. Probably, you would hope, if you're Oklahoma, maybe a Big 12 championship game and obviously bowl game, college football playoff, whatever it would be after that. So, I mean, good chance you've got 11, 12 games left to pick up six more sacks. So that's a sack every other game. I think he's going to get there. I think he's going to shatter that uh, mark to be, to be honest with you, the production level that he's going right now. And I love what Ted Roof said right there. You know, we, we lose sight of that. Sometimes it's, you know, when is this guy going to take the next step and what does he need to do to get there? Sometimes it's as simple as going out and making some plays. And I think we're seeing that across this defense with Danny Stutzman, with Billy Bowman. And with Reggie Grimes, right? Confidence. You're going out there, you're making plays, and all of a sudden now you're coming into work pretty confident about what you're doing, feeling like you're a valued member of the team, valued member of the program. And, man, we we have seen that emergence for Reggie Grimes. And it's been fun. It's been fun to see for him because he is such a likable kid for Oklahoma. And OU's, of course, needed that. They, you know, with Benito gone, with Isaiah Thomas out of the picture and Perry on Winfrey. There was a pass rushing production void for OU, John, that somebody needed to fill. And so far, Reggie Grimes has been the first guy off the bus in that regard. And it's kind of overshadowed a little bit. A nice start to the season for Ethan Downs. You know, he's got two sacks of his own on the year. But, I mean, because Reggie Grimes is already up to four, you know, doubling that and just being so disruptive and just kind of popping off the screen almost every play. It's kind of, like I said, overshadowed a strong start to the season for Ethan Downs and for the interior defensive line as well. You know, Jalen Redman had two and a half tackles for loss. You got Isaiah Coe, Jordan Kelly, Jeffrey Johnson, several guys that are making plays and getting into the backfield on a regular basis that like this unit as a defensive line is just playing really, really well. And I, and I think that's going to be the part that, you know, continues to get better as the season goes along, because a lot of these guys are getting the most run they've ever gotten, you know, guys like Jordan Kelly and Isaiah Coe, like this is the most playing time that they've probably ever gotten with Oklahoma. I'd have to go back and look at the snap counts, but it seems like they're playing a ton right now. And you're starting to to reap the rewards of that. You're, we're seeing the benefit of just their development. And I mean, they've kind of had this promising um, hope to what they could be for the Oklahoma Sooners, but now we're starting to see that. I think that by the end of the year, we're going to talk about this defensive front and wonder why we ever doubted the talent that was there. Like we remember we're going to be like at the end of the year, we're going to be looking back. Like, wasn't it crazy that we were even concerned about the losses that they had? Because, you know, we're going to have a guy with probably 12, 13, 14 sacks on the season, Ethan Downs. I mean, he's on pace to have double digit sacks himself. And then a couple interior guys that might, 
you know, push for five, six sacks. I mean, it's going to be a really, really good defensive front. And so I think, like I said, I think against Nebraska, this is going to be a, another game where the defensive front shines. And again, it allows the linebackers to shine as well because you know, your interior guys are part of the reason that guys like Danny Stutzman, David Aguebu are playing so well to start the season. It's because Jeffrey Johnson, Isaiah Coe, Jalen Renman, Jordan Kelly, you know, Kelvin Gilliam, you know, to a little bit lesser extent, Grayson Halton getting some run early in the first quarter. They're a big reason why the linebacker group is playing so well is because the guys up front are holding up their end of the bargain. As bad as things have gone offensively, or excuse me, defensively for Nebraska, offensively has been pretty good. Anthony Grant is uh, somebody at running back for Nebraska that already has a co-Big Ten Offensive Player of the Year award or player of the week, gosh, if I can get anything accurate this evening, John, already has a co-Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week award to his name this season. And obviously we know about Casey Thompson, his dual threat capabilities. So I think when we think about the defensive line, we talk about the defensive line, boy, wouldn't it be great if this is the kind of week against a mobile quarterback where you could get a little bit of that interior line push from some of those names that you mentioned, like a Jeffrey Johnson, like an Isaiah Coe, who I've been with Isaiah Coe really high on for a long time for Oklahoma. I think that's somebody that probably should have been getting more snaps a season ago. But uh, I just feel like every time that he's out there, he's consistently producing. So it's going to be a challenge for Oklahoma defensively, I guess is what I'm getting at. If, uh, you know, for everything that we think about this game, Oklahoma should win by multiple scores and kind of do so fairly comfortably. I do believe that to be the case ultimately once it's all said and done. It's going to be a challenge. It's going to be the first legitimate challenge for Oklahoma defensively. Expect their best. Uh, you know, we get everybody's best, and uh, they've they've done a good job. They're averaging thirty six points a game. Um, you know, moving the ball, both running and throwing. Uh, and obviously, he's a mobile mobile quarterback. Uh, he extends plays with his feet and his legs. And uh, you know, we have a lot of respect for him, and, and we know it's going to be a challenge. It seems like every quarterback nowadays is a mobile quarterback, right? I mean, we saw it in week one with Gavin Hardison. We saw it this last week with Colin Schley. Casey Thompson is a mobile quarterback as well. Oklahoma did a good job getting to him last year when they played in the Red River Showdown. They got three sacks, pressured him a lot. That was a part of the reason they were able to make that epic comeback you know, in the second half is because they started getting to Casey Thompson and making it more and more difficult for him to get the ball down the field to Xavier Worthy, uh, you know, to get the ball out to Bajan Robinson. So Casey Thompson is a good player. I think, I think he's a better quarterback than what they had last year. I've gone on record several times saying that um, I, and, and Nebraska's offense is putting up a lot of points. I don't think they're going to be able to put up 30 points against Oklahoma. I think they're probably going to cap out closer to 20. We'll talk more in the week, give our predictions and things like that. But I don't think they're hitting 30 points against Oklahoma. Is this the first moment, John, in the season where we kind of find out, okay, has this Oklahoma defense turned the corner a little bit in your mind? I think so. I think this is going to be the game where we, we feel more confident about this team defensively than we have in a long time. Now, I don't think that they'll hold Nebraska to, you know, their season average right now, which is eight points per game. I don't think that they'll hold Nebraska to 15 points, but I think 20 points sounds about right. Um, you know, Casey Thompson's good enough to make some plays on you. They've got some good wide receivers as well that made plays against Northwestern and, and had that game, you know, 
kind of really close and really tight. Like it was a tightly contested ball game, but I think we're starting to see an emergence of stars for Oklahoma that are each week making more and more plays. Like, you know, Danny Stutzman and Billy Bowman were better in week two than they were in week one. Reggie Grimes was just as good in week two as he was in week one. Jalen Redman, he was better than in week two than he was in week one. Woody Washington got targeted more, you know, and only gave up one catch on four targets. I, I think we're seeing a group of players starting to like, they haven't peaked. They're getting better each week. And I think that's a good sign. And going into an environment like, you know, Lincoln, they're going to be called upon to make some big plays and make some big stops. And I think they're going to be up for the challenge. Now it's, the big question is going to be, can the offense kind of get off to a fast start as opposed to, you know, kind of sleepwalking through the first 29 minutes of the game. That'll be it. But I think this is a defense that's about to kind of show now to, to a a little bit lesser extent, because I I think even if they go in and they play well and they hold Nebraska to 20 points and Oklahoma gets a win by, you know, 15 or so, I still think they're going to be people that doubt Oklahoma just because of where Nebraska is at right now. I think even they would have to win by like 50 points on the road in Lincoln and hold Nebraska to 10 or less for people to be like, okay, this Oklahoma team has arrived. If it's a you know two touchdown win, I think still people are going to be like, well, it's just Nebraska. If it's a two touchdown win, I think there's going to be a, you know, a nice portion out there nationally. That's kind of like, eh, same old Oklahoma, you know, especially if that's defined by Casey Thompson and some of these aforementioned weapons, putting some points on the board versus Oklahoma, getting high 20s, low 30s, maybe even more than that. I mean, if they ding Oklahoma for 35 points and it turns into a score-a-thon game that Oklahoma has to go out and win, then I don't think OU is going to get a ton of credit at all. So, no, I'm with you on that. You know, it, so far it's gone great for Oklahoma. I mean, they, they've had moments on offense where they weren't playing really, really well, but the defense played great. You know, the defense has had moments in drives where they weren't playing well, but then they'd make the play to get off the field. And I, and I think, I think what I'm really liking about this team so far is what Brent Venables talked about post game. And that's just the resiliency of this team. Like it's not giving up, you know, like they're not allowing these drives to happen. And then all of a sudden, like they're in the end zone, it's like, okay, the drive's going, the drive's going. All right. We're going to, we're going to step up. This is where they're going to, we're going to stop them. This is where we're going to make our play. And I, and I think that's a good thing. Like, short memories, living for the next play, not worrying about what just happened and going out and making the play that's there to be made. And and I think that's why I think this team is going to go in and have a really good game against Nebraska because they'll put, you know, they'll put away what happened against Kent state, even though there was a lot of really good things and they'll just move on to the next game and they'll go play a really good game. I'm looking forward to seeing several guys, you know, take another step forward in their development and, making even more plays this week and doing so against a, a better team. So they might be one and two, but I mean, they, they have had really good moments as a team. Scott Frost just wasn't it for them. So I think that this team this defense collectively, the offense, the defense, they're going to be going in guns blazing from the get go. It's not going to be a lull from the, from the start they'll come in fired up, ready to play. They should. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what you'd expect. If they have any pride, that's what you're going to get out of the Nebraska Cornhuskers. The question we're going to have to ask at some point, and maybe we just ask it right now to close this show and we dive into some more 
you know, specific defensive line conversations, nuanced conversations about uh, Jeffrey Johnson and the like up front as we progress throughout the week. Is Nebraska good enough? Are they good enough to take advantage of this emotional roller coaster that they're in and turn it into something positive, right? I mean, we can sit here and talk about this is going to galvanize them and, oh, here comes Nebraska. I mean, this is – look how hard they're going to play for what it means to be a Nebraska Cornhusker. Are they good enough for that to matter? And that's where I don't think they are. And, I mean, we'll see. I mean, the proof will be in the pudding on Saturday. But I just kind of feel like Oklahoma's just a better team. And they're going to walk in there. And, you know, I'm not going to predict a 30-point win. But I feel like it'll be a comfortable win. You know, it might end up being two touchdowns at the end or, you know, 15 points or something like that at the end because Nebraska gets kind of a garbage time score. But I feel like Oklahoma is going to go in there and they're going to win this one comfortably. Um, they'll they'll be better in the first quarter than they were this last week. And I don't think they'll have these this lull like they had in the first week. I think it's just going to be a better all-around performance. We're going to look for a complete game. I think that's the goal is see this team play a full 60 minutes. That doesn't mean they're going to score on every drive, but it's not going to be one of those situations where they have three punts in a row or four punts in a row or two, three and outs or something like that, where it's you know a lot of sustained drives, sustained momentum, and then defensively they're able to get off the field. Casey Thompson's a good player, but we got good players on Oklahoma's defense too. Look forward to seeing this challenge. Look forward to seeing Brent Venables on the road for the first time this week as the Oklahoma Sooners head to Lincoln. We'll dig more into that as the week goes along. And hopefully we'll get a little bit of Nebraska perspective as we go as well. But that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Thanks so much for tuning in. Again, subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. We're free and available on all platforms. For Josh Helmer, I'm John Williams. We'll catch you then. Boomer Sooner.